0: Welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell.
1: <laughs> hey everybody.
0: <laughs> this is a show where on each episode, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we are finally going to be talking about the long-awaited sequel, Top Gun Maverick, which is, of course... The follow-up to the original Top Gun, which came out in 1986, kind of a defining film of the 1980s. Oh, yeah. And it's one that we've covered here on this show. I believe we're both fans of the original. Is that safe to say?
1: It is safe to say. And I will let you know that you popped my Top Gun cherry.
0: You hadn't seen it?
1: I hadn't seen it before I guess that's
0: why we watched it. Yeah. We did an episode. Yeah, during the pandemic... We were doing episodes on uh, films that one of us hadn't seen, kind of catching up on older films. And we did an episode kind of comparing Top Gun with Days of Thunder. Yeah. Days of Thunder, that was an attempt to kind of get the team back together, kind of recapture the magic. Didn't work out quite as well. (laughs) It's kind of interesting that they hadn't done a sequel to Top Gun until 36 years later. Yeah. Because it was was the biggest film of that year. I mean, a huge movie. But yeah, I um, I'm still a fan of it. I mean I think it holds up. It it, it works kind of like a, a music video. Well,
1: yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, you you always say it's like a 80s rock video. Yeah, music video. Like a very
0: like homoerotic 80s
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> rock video. It's something you can just kind of vibe out on. There's yeah. not much of a plot. One yeah. of the best soundtracks ever. Yeah. It, it just it rocks. And uh, I mean it's not it's not the deepest movie, no, you know, you're not getting deep characterizations but you do have there.
1: like a little love story there,
0: between Goose and Maverick, absolutely. Uh, it's, I feel like it's a movie that shouldn't work as well as it does. Yeah. It just, for whatever reason, just the various elements in that moment, in that time, it just, it works. And it's, for me, it's it's an irresistible movie. Well, and
1: it still works. Like, I don't know. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, I
0: rewatched it before it, Maverick. I yeah. Still it love it. it
1: still works, in my opinion.
0: I mean, these movies, of course, they're powered by cruise control. And I've been seeing a lot of articles lately describing Tom Cruise as the last movie star yeah which i don't think i would argue against there aren't many really too many actors who have sustained like a high level at their career decade after decade after decade well he can still do action
1: what is he in his 60s
0: he's gonna be 60
1: yeah so he, I,
0: I mean he's like he's like jackie chan
1: yeah and then he, he does still, all his own stunts he still does you know he gets injured on films
0: yeah i mean he's he's been doing it for a while he's made a lot of great movies And so beyond Top Gun and the Mission Impossible movies, do you have a favorite Tom Cruise film or performance?
1: I have two. Yeah. Uh, My first one is- It's hard to pick, just one. Is Minority Report. Yeah. My second one is Show Me the Money, (laughs) Jerry Maguire.
0: Two solid flicks. Yeah. For me, I got to call out his performance, kind of a supporting performance in Magnolia. Oh, he's, that's your favorite though. He's playing Frank TJ Mackey, just like a a horrible motivational speaker for men. <laughs> and, you know, I single it out because it's it's a different kind of performance from him. It's very much at odds with like the kind of carefully crafted persona. Well, because he he's
1: used to playing like the hero, like the main Usually, man. Yeah,
0: like- I, but every now and then he plays a dirtbag. Yeah, like he does in Collateral, like he did in Tropic Thunder, and when he he can play a great dirtbag. Yeah, like one hundred percent. But I also I want to call out what I think is his best movie of the past decade, which is Edge of Tomorrow. And to me, that's just... It's a really propulsive, exciting, ingenious sci-fi it's, action movie. It's
1: different. It's a different movie. It was original. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was a good movie.
0: Yeah. So for, for this movie, Top Gun Maverick, you know, uh, 36 years since mm-hmm. the last Top Gun. And when this movie opens, Pete Mitchell, a.k.a. Maverick, he's working as a test pilot for the military. Yeah. And as we see... Right away, uh, he's got like old pictures of Goose hanging up in his locker. Yeah,
1: obviously that was his best friend. I it was mean, played you know.
0: by Anthony Edwards in the original. Yeah. And his character's death was a major event.
1: In yeah, that film. I mean, he felt guilty of his death, like his, white, his
0: wingman. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a little strange because at the end of the first film, you know, he's got the dog tags. I don't know if you remember this. Instead of giving the dog tags to his wife, who was played by Meg Ryan, they give it to Maverick. For whatever reason, I guess maybe he requested it. He just had to have it. And then the final scene, he chucks those dog tags into the ocean, which I guess is symbolic, like, um, I'm moving on. You know, I I'm, don't
1: think it was, I'm moving on. What,
0: what do you think that's symbolic I, of?
1: I think it was like, I'm putting you to rest.
0: Exactly. I'm moving on. I'm moving forward, I should say.
1: To, to me, that sounds a little selfish when you say, well, it, I am, I'm honoring your death by, you know, like...
0: With this gesture that I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's why those dog tags should have gone to Meg Ryan, right? Like it was her husband.
1: I think this this movie, they didn't miss out on bringing Meg Ryan back. I mean, they had her her, her, die. Like her death was off screen. Like she died, you know, a while ago, blah, blah, blah.
0: I wonder if they tried reaching out and she's like, I'm not up for it.
1: She's like, I'm done.
0: That's possible. But the point I'm trying to make with the dog tags is that it gives Maverick that gesture. But at the beginning of this film, 36 years later, he's still got those pictures hanging. So he hasn't moved forward.
1: I still have pictures of my best friends and not hanging on my wall, but <laughs> they're in my closet.
0: And we'll get into Goose's son, Rooster, played by Miles Tell- Teller. But if Maverick hadn't chucked those dog tags selfishly into the ocean, he could have handed them down to his son.
1: I, I mean, I agree. I mean, that was one of the weird things in the first movie.
0: Because it's a gay romance.
1: It is not a gay romance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in an early scene, Maverick, he pushes this jet prototype past a Mach 10. So this like military division doesn't get replaced with drones, I think is the idea. You got Ed Harris. He wants to scrap this jet program and replace it with a drone program. And... Mm. Proving that this prototype can hit Mach 10 will allow them to keep their funding. Yeah. That's kind of the general idea of this first big scene. Yeah. And so he pushes this jet fighter as far as it will go until he literally like blacks out from the G-Force and the plane explodes.
1: Yeah. I mean, he completely destroyed a multi-billion dollar plane. Just to get a little little extra. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: he hits Mach it's 10. Like hits Mach 10. All he needed
1: to do was hit Mach 10 and come back down.
0: He hits the Mach 10, and everyone's happy. Everyone's cheering. And then he's like, mm, let's see if I can push this a little further. And so the plane explodes in the sky. And I, I guess that's just to show us, like, hey, classic Maverick. Well, yeah. He's, he's still the he, same Maverick. He's still
1: pushing it to the max. <laughs> He's still in the danger zone.
0: He's thumbing his nose at you know? authority.
1: Yeah. That's why he's still captain and not moving on up. But that was a big thing in this movie was that he was still at the same rank he was. Well,
0: because he wants to fly. Well, still. He, wants- he doesn't he- want to be like a desk jockey. He wants to
1: fly and he's not a big, I-, I don't think he wants to be that yes man.
0: He likes to be in the cockpit, yeah. in the action. And if he keeps advancing, he won't be flying as much. Yeah. And so after this, he gets orders from Iceman, who's played by Val Kilmer, to train a group of Top Gun graduates for a highly dangerous mission. And as I mentioned earlier, one of these graduates is Rooster, who's played by Miles Teller, uh, who is the son of Goose. And this film basically makes him an orphan because like, it, it establishes that his mom, Meg Ryan, did die. Yeah. I, I have to assume that like they reached out to her and it just, for whatever reason, like, they couldn't make the deal work. They're like, yeah, we're just going to kill her.
1: It's <laughs> like, so it's just going to be easy just to have her, like, die I feel cancer. like they must
0: have. I mean, because we got Val Kilmer in here doing, like, some solid dramatic work. And so if you can get Val Kilmer, <laughs> you can probably get Meg Ryan. I mean.
1: Yeah, I think I, I heard that they she wasn't contacted. They they didn't want to have it like nostalgia, like. Well, then what is Ice go Man? Back. What is Ice Man Ice doing? Ice Man there? is the only nostalgic one that they wanted in in the film. They wanted us to progress in Maverick's life, not go back. And I think they I felt like wrong. the the first love interest. What was her name?
0: Yeah, Kelly McGillis.
1: Her and Meg Ryan were going back. I think that's why they didn't bring them back.
0: Yeah, I mean that's totally possible. It just. Um... It just would have been nice to see Meg Ryan on the big screen again. It would have been. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, okay. So then, yeah, we get a a really long scene in a bar where we meet the whole Top Gun gang. And here we've got Hangman, Phoenix, Payback, Fanboy, and Bob. Bob. I love Bob. Honestly, my first impression here was that this group is kind of just like a bunch of smug jerk-offs. Yeah. Much like Cruz was in the first. Yeah. Um,
1: well, they ha- all have big egos, right? Like, they're the best in their ho- program. They're hotshot pilots. They're yeah. like, I mean. If you
0: graduate Top Gun, yeah. you, you're feeling pretty good about yeah. yourself. But I, I will say by the end, all these characters had endeared themselves they to did, me. They did, yeah. But, you know, in this scene, they're just, they're coming off like, like swinging dicks.
1: Even Hangman. Hangman. Came I like back. I like Hangman. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: played by Glenn Powell. And yeah. he's he's what he's definitely one of the standouts. He took in this group. on
1: uh Val Kilmer's For sure. persona from the first one. Absolutely. Like that jackass, know it all.
0: This movie mirrors the first yeah. in a lot of ways. I, there's more of a structure to it. Like the first movie barely has a plot, it yeah. barely has a structure. Like the only major event that happens is Goose's death.
1: I love the fact that they have Phoenix, the female.
0: Yeah, and, there we go. In
1: this class, like I'm just like, yes, female power.
0: Yeah, a little more diversity yeah. in, in, this, in this group. And in this scene, we also meet Penny, the <laughs> bar owner who's played by Jennifer Connelly.
1: Yeah. And, and boy, does she not age. Both <laughs> well, she, she and Cruz. Is, are, she is gorgeous. Yeah. Like, holy smoke, she's been around for years. And I'm just like, wow.
0: Yeah. Good genes. <laughs> she's a welcome presence yeah. in this film, even if the movie doesn't have a whole lot to do with her. Uh, and even though uh, you might disagree, she and Cruz don't really have a whole lot of romantic chemistry. I guess that's keeping with uh, the top gun ethos, the, well, he- the hetero romance. There's no chemistry.
1: I, I think that they're not supposed to have chemistry at the beginning. Like she's trying to blow them off.
0: Well, they've uh, they, 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 they have had, like a history.
1: They have a history. They've had a previous relationship.
0: Yeah, I think by the end we're supposed to feel some chemistry. That's
1: yeah, a, I felt it. Yeah, I felt chemistry at the end.
0: I mean, it, definitely a trade up from Kelly McGillis. Yeah. No offense to Kelly McGillis. No, but, uh, yeah. Jennifer Connelly. Uh, that is a trade up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean this bar scene and it was age appropriate. Sure.
1: You know what I mean? Like the like she was age appropriate for Tom.
0: Cruise. Yeah, they're not like, like pairing them up with like Anna de Armas or, or something like that.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it, it was welcoming. Like, like
0: Zendaya or something. Right.
1: Like, I mean, because that's what they. <laughs> that would
0: be so creepy. But
1: that's what they that do. That would be
0: horrifying. And it's, uh, I mean, it's not a huge focus of this movie, no. but it's it's in there. And yeah, I mean, this bar scene, it goes on for a long time. I, I took a piss break at one <laughs> point in the middle of this a scene. A pee break? And when I came back. This scene was still going on. <laughs> does does this scene end with Miles Teller singing Great Balls of Fire? Yes. I'm kind of glad I missed that.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't really see it. Like, <laughs> it is- That's what his dad
0: did in the first. Well,
1: yeah. So Jennifer Connelly's character pretty much tricked Tom Cruise into paying for everybody's drinks. And his card get, kept getting declined and, you know, all of uh, yeah, these Yeah, I things. saw that bit. And then he gets kicked out. Um, and I think they lose power, or they lose like the jukebox, and then Miles Teller or like uh, Rooster goes out, entertains up everyone, and entertains everybody. And then he there's a flashback from when Miles Teller as a little boy was sitting on top of the uh, does it piano? show a clip of the original yeah. film? Okay, yeah, and you see it, and you see that flashback in Tom Cruise's eyes. It was pretty fun, like
0: Tom, like Mavericks having the flashback. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, after this work, we kind of start you know, establishing this mission that these pilots are training for, and it involves destroying a uranium facility and an unnamed country. We don't even specify what country it is, who the enemy is. Mm-hmm. I, I think they keep it kind of vague, and, and I mean, that's an intentional choice.
1: I, I'm sure. The original
0: least. film kind of kept it vague. I mean, you could yeah. infer that they, it was the Soviets in the first film, but this one, they really like, they don't really pinpoint a specific enemy. And so for this mission, to avoid radar detection, these pilots, they have to fly low to the ground towards the entrance of the facility. And then after they drop the payload, they have to do this steep vertical climb out of the canyon, which is going to push all the planes uh, up to Mach 10, I believe. We come to learn it's basically a suicide mission. Uh, You know, John Hamm, who plays like one of the commanding officers, he's not even really providing false hope that these guys are going to come back.
1: Yeah. No. He just wants
0: them to bomb it and it, do your best.
1: Yeah. like <laughs> come get on home if you can. Get back if you can. Like not really reassuring to. No. This um,
0: is, I guess one key difference with the first, the first movie doesn't really build. It's just like by the end, it's, you know, it's no longer like a training exercise. It's like a real deal. And we're just kind of thrown into it. This movie really builds up this mission that these fighters are training for. And you get a real sense of what the stakes are, what the specific goal is, what the risks are going to be, and just how difficult this, yeah. this challenge is in front of them. So that creates a lot of tension, kind of riding into the climax. And that's that's a welcome improvement over the original. Yeah. The original, like I was saying, it's, it's more of a vibe. You know, you got the music, you got great aerial photography. But this movie is more of a, like...
1: Cinematic like edge of your seat type of
0: like action
1: drama you know thrilling
0: and i I appreciated that i guess more structure yeah leaning on providing tension
1: well and i also appreciate that like nowadays this is how war is it's not like a full-on battle with another country right it's strategic operations and it's like We find out that there's secret uranium facility hidden in the mountains. That you know, we bomb the shit out of them. Sure, you know that's
0: what we do. (laughs) That's the American way.
1: Well, that's the Top Gun way.
0: (laughs) Well, so yeah, a big a big bulk of this movie is kind of watching these pilots try to successfully complete a trial run for this mission, uh, which none of them can do because it's so impossible. But it turns out the only one who can. Is Maverick. And but, because of that, he's going to lead the strike mission. And so I guess without going further into spoilers, what were your overall thoughts on Top Gun Maverick? Oh, so good. Like, it was,
1: <laughs> it was one of the best movies I've seen in a lo- long time. Because, I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of duds.
0: Well, I feel like this year, like, the big movies, like, the big temple movies have really sucked. Yeah. And I'm thinking of, like, Uncharted. I'm thinking no, of...
1: you don't talk to me about Uncharted. I'm thinking of
0: the, the fucking Batman Wow, okay. And Doctor Strange, mm. like all these movies just like sucked big time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I wonder like are the movies getting worse or am I just am I just getting more cynical? Like just harder to please. And then you see a movie like this which has just a lot of old school thrills and just expert craftsmanship. And it's totally working and it's totally transporting. And yeah. you're reminded you, why you go to I these mean, in the first place.
1: Obviously, like, I mean, obviously there was probably CGI all up in this movie, but I didn't Well, really, I, You don't
0: get the sense that entire shots no, are created out of CGI. I no. mean, I'm sure there's like they're animating missiles like yes. over like live action stuff. That's a different deal. Then,
1: but like all these movies that you're mentioning, like it's all CGI, heavy like,
0: CGI, heavy green screen.
1: I mean, you have actors a- acting in with nothing in front of them.
0: Even Batman, like yeah. people want to pretend that that was all practical. Ton of green screen in that. Ton of computer animation in that. Yeah. But yeah, here it's a different deal because it, the actors are actually flying the planes.
1: Yeah. Tom Cruise put the actors <laughs> in like hardcore flight simulation. Um, it, it really it was pays pretty off rig- rigorous from what I've read.
0: It pays off in the sense that we're just we're putting cameras on the planes and we can see the actors in the cockpit. Yeah. And, you know, the background is moving with them. It's totally convincing. Yeah. And just expert editing. The editing, the sound design really goes a long way towards making these scenes not only exciting, but easy to follow.
1: And I will tell you, I'll be glad not to see another preview of this movie. We've seen this preview of this movie for what? Two and a half years now?
0: It was, yeah, supposed to come out year of COVID. <laughs>
1: yeah, 2020. And
0: then, and then Paramount just kept punting it down. But when you see the movie, you can see you why. See, oh,
1: yeah, because they knew it was going to be a major success. I mean, this
0: movie, it didn't need to be this good to be successful. It didn't. Like, it's a sequel to Top Gun. It's going to do well. Yeah. And they I feel like they went above and beyond. They To did. really make it a, like a home run. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into spoilers for Top Gun Maverick.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place. For a happy price. Go to your happy price, priceline. All right, we're back, and we're gonna get into some spoilers for Top Gun Maverick. And uh, you know, let's touch on I Val Kilmer's appearance in this.
1: Yeah, I, I did not realize, I mean, I knew he had cancer, like I knew he had throat cancer in real we, life. Well, you haven't seen
0: the, the documentary Val. I ever. haven't,
1: no. Like, there's a
0: there's a great documentary on Amazon Prime. And it goes into detail about what he's endured in recent years and does like a great kind of recap of his career and his highlights and definitely goes into a lot of Top Gun stuff. And I'd recommend it to anyone who's curious to check that out. It's, yeah. it's a very, very intimate documentary. And yeah, it's called Val and it's streaming on Amazon Prime. And then while you're on Amazon Prime, you might as well check out our film, Tiny I mean, Dancers. Duh. Because you're gonna okay. need a pick I me mean, up after Val. Seriously. <laughs> so yeah, check out our film, Tiny Dancers.
1: But I mean, he did it like so. He is uh, Maverick's boss, like boss's boss. Like he is running the Top Gun program, like the show.
0: And in this film, his character Iceman is sick. Yeah. They they work that into yeah. the narrative, and there's a really poignant, intimate scene between Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. And you know because Val Kilmer can't really talk. No, he's typing this on a computer. Yeah, but it's a good performance.
1: It's such a good performance. And it might, probably will
0: be his last it, performance. Mm. And then he does speak. He does. Yeah, he, does he says a couple speak. of lines at the yeah. end. It's yeah. I, I mean, this it's, scene—it's heart-wrenching. This scene has that extra poignancy because uh, you know you've got a lot of art imitating life here. Yeah, in a very um, kind of bittersweet way. Well,
1: well, apparently, Iceman has kind of been keeping him out of trouble, so he's always been kind of like Maverick's guardian angel within the Air Force, and why he's still around. And
0: it's a nice turn for their characters. Yeah, it really is the rivalry that kind of fueled the first film. So yeah, so yeah, this scene ends, and then shortly after, Iceman dies, and we get a funeral scene, and then that kind of leads us into the last act of this film, which is kind of like a different movie altogether. Because it's it's basically like a 40-minute action scene <laughs> that we get at the end here. And so it starts with the pilots taking off from an aircraft carrier in the ocean. Yep. And they're embarking on their mission. We get a sequence of them flying low orbit, successfully evading radar detection and missile targeting.
1: It's so te- – like the tension is so there because if they go up even an inch, like there are missiles that will kill them.
0: I can't I imagine flying a plane this fast, no. where, where your moves have to be this precise. Yeah, And like I was saying earlier, the movie is building up to this scene. So you know like what the mission is, you know what their course is. And so as soon as they embark on it, it's edge of your seat time. And the movie just sustains this high tension all the way to the end. And so they're successful in destroying the uranium facility. But that sets off defense air missiles that the team then has to evade. And there's a whole bunch of like swooping and dodging and yeah. barrel rolls and aerial flips as they try to dodge these missiles. And at one point, a missile is locked onto Rooster. But Maverick yeah. kind of swoops in and sacrifices his plane. Yeah. And ejects out into hostile territory. So while he's on the ground, Maverick gets targeted by an enemy airship,
1: a helicopter. And, yeah.
0: And he's about to get vaporized. Like this, this chopper, like pretty much has him dead to rights. Uh, when Rooster blows this airship out of the sky, but Rooster also gets shot down. Yeah, and he has to eject. So now they're both Maverick and Rooster. They're both on foot in hostile territory, and they come onto an abandoned F-14. Well,
1: so it, it's in the airstrip. So there, there was a bunch of steps for the for the military to take before they went into this mission. So. The aircraft carrier shot missiles at the airport that was there, and so they couldn't take off on their airplanes. All their newer airplanes were all grounded now. Right. And so this is the same airport that was bombed earlier that they came across, and they found an old, old airplane.
0: This Uh, is back from, like... Original Top original Gun days. Original
1: Top Gun days. Yeah. And so they stole this airplane out of this carrier and took off on the runway that was blown to smithereens and was able to make it out.
0: Oh, isn't it like there's a really short runway? It's a
1: short runway. And so um, it's like a drawbridge or something in front of them. And so they had to really go steep like they did in the original mission.
0: And so, yeah, they're able to get off this this runway. And they're airborne and then they get flanked by these two su-57s these are like the world's most advanced hyper jets yes and you know again Maverick he's in a you know an f-14 and you know these hyper jets kind of flank them the hyper jets they don't fire at first because' it's one of their planes it's one
1: of their planes they're like what what's going on
0: and eventually they kind of they kind of make them yep. And Maverick, there's like a brief little exchange where like he tells Rooster to eject. And I think like the eject isn't working. Yeah. And then Rooster says something like, you know, what would you do if I wasn't in the plane? And then that's when Maverick chooses to engage these two planes. Yeah. And we're doing some fancy air maneuvering. And through that, he successfully takes them out. And this is probably when the movie is at its most intense and edge of your seat. My my description is not really doing justice to how this plays out on screen. Like this is gripping like all the way through.
1: But it's so cool because Rooster is in Goose's spot rooster is exactly maverick's wingman exactly and, and this scene and it's just
0: and they kind of acknowledge that at yeah. the end and that that got me a little choked up yeah when they you know when they kind of had that little moment well rooster was
1: like what's all these things doing back there and he's like i don't know that was your dad's territory you know he's like okay i'll figure it out
0: so yeah so it looks like they're finally in the clear but then uh oh another Su 57 locks onto them and by now they've exhausted all their countermeasures like they don't have like rear flares they're out of moves pretty much and so it seems like imminent death is upon them until hey yo hangman
1: hangman flies out
0: of the heavens
1: oh my goodness and
0: destroys the Su 57 and uh, that's a good good moment for Hangman, for Glenn Powell. Well,
1: because he's such an asshole in the film. Like yeah. in the beginning, I mean, he acts like he's the best and like Val Kilmer. Like Val Kilmer. Yeah. yeah. You
0: don't like him at first and then he just kind of warms and you he over. Re-
1: he redeems himself.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, after this, it's celebration time, right? We're like we're partying on the airship deck and <laughs> throwing, throwing helmets <laughs> in the air. I'm crying. <laughs> And yeah, and like I said, there's a poignant exchange between Maverick and Rooster. You know, something about dads. Uh, I can't remember the exact words, but this this is a good movie for dads or to like see with your dad. Yeah. So I guess well, that- and they
1: they squash their beef because they were supposed to have a conversation about what happened, and I think they squash their beef at this point.
0: Well, being through this,
1: yeah, it's like
0: gulag it doesn't of, matter. Of terror. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and there's, there, there is something just kind of inspiring about the way these guys have each other's backs. Yeah. And yeah, like Hangman getting to the airship, landing safely, and realizing this whole crew hasn't returned, and then going back for them. I mean, that's – you don't see a lot of heroes in, in the real world. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think overall we were, we were pretty big fans. Um, what, what grade would you give this? Oh,
1: gosh, an A. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a rock – solid a rock
1: solid a it is such a great date
0: movie yeah like great date movie whoa. better better dad movie but a solid date movie yeah people who listen to the show i mean hopefully they know that i don't like to dish out a whole lot of hyperbole on movies you know i try and i try not to get too hyped for yeah. films you know i try and i try and keep my expectations in check and for this movie i was i was pretty hyped i'm not going to lie i mean two years of previews
1: i know you were you were very hyped about it i was hyped movie, and yeah. the
0: movie uh, surpassed Me- yeah. surpassed my expectations like I I didn't think it was going to be this good which is rare for you it, ne- it never happens yeah and so this is I mean not trying to be hyperbolic but this is probably the best action movie I've seen since Fury Road I mean oh wow
1: f- that's been a long time
0: I mean the, you had like two Mission Impossible movies in there, are both solid action movies but this, like, with the aerial footage yeah. and the way it's edited, like, the degree of difficulty, like, doing this climax. Like, this climax, this isn't, like, something you shoot for, like, a week. You put it together in a couple days Like, It must have taken a month after month after month to get all this footage and to assemble it as tightly as it is. As
1: it, it could be, yeah. Because, like,
0: it's so tightly edited.
1: you think it'll be up for Oscars? A I whole do. bunch of technical
0: Oscars, yeah. of course. I mean, you know, as far as, like, Best Picture, whatever. <laughs> Um, you know, they're busy giving that to movies like Coda and Drive my, Drive my Car like. and all that good stuff. So I don't mm-hmm. know if Top Gun has a place for the best picture. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. And yeah, can't recommend it enough. Yeah,
1: go out and see it, people. Like, you won't regret spending that 40 bucks <laughs> for two tickets <laughs> for IMAX.
0: <laughs> 40 to $50. Yeah. It's worth it. It is worth it. So that's Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. Don't forget to check out our feature film, Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. We are on Twitter at Podcast, And you can also email us at datenightmoviepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye.